0: Good morning, good morning, good morning. Once more and again, this is SFA Charlotte, Charlotte's premier podcast. And as always, we are joined today by my co partners, uh, co producers. That is Knox List, my man, Kalen. You're. And then we also got the irreverent, illustrious. Lord have a mercy. Miss Peaks.
1: What's up? What's up? What's up?
0: <laughs> and we are enjoying ourselves this morning. You know, uh we are enjoying our partnership with WDRB Media with Our Heart Radio with Tune In App. man. Let me tell you, we're getting some great positive feedback and uh we got some things brewing. We got some things brewing. So uh Make sure you stay uh, tight to the social media pages and, and uh, stay aware because there's going to be some things coming. And man, I can't wait for us to uh, deliver them to our audience. So, yeah, um, on today's episode, we are going to be discussing ageism. <laughs> okay. Man, we need more. Oh, I got to. And and we we had a great conversation as a collective and understanding that we ourselves deal with the generation gap. We deal with the fact that me being the older and and, uh, Knox and Miss Keeks being the younger, we sometimes find ourselves laughing because we have... uh, colloquialisms, we have certain phraseology, um, even down to, you know, just laughing and joking about what we find appealing and pleasant when it comes to music, music movies, or, or even just YouTube content. So um, we, we had a discussion, and it led into us talking about what's going on inside of today's business era, you know, corporate America, entrepreneurship, What are we seeing just in our local area here in Charlotte, here in the Mecklenburg region? But not only that, what are we seeing within the state of North Carolina? What are we seeing up and down the eastern seaboard? What are we seeing nationally, internationally? When it comes to how we view age, how we view age when we uh, talk about corporate America? How do we view age when we talk about sports? How do we view age when we talk about music? You know, one of the things that always... Uh, seems to be a great topic of conversation, especially within the barbershops. shops. Um, and and one of the one of the times it it flared up here was last year when Jay Z dropped four four four, and people questioned: Did we want to hear from a middle aged man talking about issues that primarily affect middle aged men? Uh, or or as I heard it in the barbershop I was in, we needed to hear somebody his age talk about the things that were specific to that age so that the youngsters could have something to pull on as they get to that age. So uh, uh Miss Keeks, what do y'all view when y'all, you know, when we just talk about the, the, the word ageism, you know and specifically you know within our culture within this hip-hop culture well what's what's something you like to bring into the conversation
2: ladies first
1: hmm um i feel like age at least the way that you know you'll have this thought that by this age, you should be doing this and you shouldn't be doing this. I feel like that idea is starting to fade a little bit or it's, it's beginning. It's, it's beginning to get blurred. Um, cause I feel like, you know, there's some things, for example, my mom would say, Oh, you know, this person is too old to be doing this. Um, or you will find a woman who's older, let's say she's in her 40s and she's doing something that someone would expect a younger woman to be doing. I feel like that whole idea of, oh, at this age, you should be doing this, you shouldn't be doing that, I feel like that's changing. And
2: mm-hmm.
1: I'm trying to figure out if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I mean, I feel like maturity, I mean, maturing is something that does well I don't want to say I was gonna say maturity comes with age but you know there's some people that age and do not mature so
2: correct that's
0: true that's true
1: let's not say that but
0: there are some old fools in this world
1: right and I just that's something that I find interesting because I feel like you know for a long time it was okay at this age this is what you need to be doing and you need to stop doing this But I feel like since that's changing a little bit, people don't seem too concerned. And I would even say that some people may not feel as comfortable speaking on things of that nature. Be like, oh, well, you're this age. You you shouldn't be doing that anymore. You need to stop doing that. Because now if you say something to that person, you know, you get backlash. And I feel like that's something that I've thought about. yeah i'm sorry that's something i thought about a lot um just growing up because i feel like i know as a kid there was an age where i felt like okay i'm about to be a teenager i should stop playing with barbies and i remember going through that and just feeling like you know why do i feel like i have to stop doing this you know why is it that at this certain age oh you should stop playing with Barbies and start paying attention to boys and I know for me it was peer pressure Um, a lot of my peers no one was playing with Barbies everyone was all in you know everyone's boy crazy Um, and I remember having a conversation with my cousin and her being like you don't have to stop playing with Barbies like you know you can totally play with Barbies and it's fine I just felt out of place because a lot of kids my age weren't doing that anymore And I feel like when it comes to observing ageism or just observing the concept of age, I feel like that's, I don't don't know, it almost makes me wonder what are the things that we look at. Like age isn't just something that is determined by the amount of years that you have been alive on earth. And then looking into what type of parameters are we looking into when it comes to age? You know, is it your maturity? Uh, Is it a combination of your maturity and amount of years that you've been on planet Earth? Um, So I guess just keeping an awareness of what is age, what does that consist of, and how is that determined? Is it determined through society? Is it something that we determine for ourselves? Things of that nature.
2: Well, keeks, you, 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 you hitting the nail on the head, but um, I really feel like you know, ageism. What is age? Hmm. I don't know. I've been I've, I've been in a space of like questioning everything I've just accepted from the world, um, and in that process, I've learned that a lot of things we just accept because it's just culturally tr- not trendy, but it's just culturally accepted. So, like keeks. You get a certain age. You don't need to be playing with toys no more. You, you need to be for, focused on girls. You need to stop playing that video game. You need to be focused on books. Stop stop doing this. It's like we're culturally told that by our parents, our guardians, or whoever's watching over us, teachers. We're told this so much, and then you see your peers doing it, so it's like, okay, I don't want to be right. the oddball out, but I'm glad, Keeks, that you had somebody to tell you, no, nah, keep playing with them baby dolls, because it make me think of like it's 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 like a herd mentality like if you're not like everybody else then right. you're doing something wrong and it's like how am I doing something wrong I'm just being me and I really feel like that is where I have a problem with ageism and I've all I've I, it's it's crazy we talk about this because I've always had a problem with it and I just recently occurred to me how how advanced I was, even at such a young age, so proud of myself, you know, quoting mm-hmm. yourself sometimes. But, um, like, even like, the song, A did nothing but a number. Granted, how, who sang it, how it happened, that's a whole nother story for a whole nother podcast for a whole nother time. However, when you look at the information as itself, as a body of work, that is very true. Because, like, if, if I'm 35 years old and I'm talking to a 21-year-old woman, but our relationship it doesn't even match what an average twenty-one-year-old woman and an average thirty-five-year-old male would look like. No one would, no one would even know how old we are. No one would even know our age. There are so many times I've operated in and out of circles where people don't even know how old I am. To this day, some people don't even know how old I am. Like, cause your age, your age is just a number given to you. Like, before we were keeping track of years, before we were keeping track of age, how did you know how old you mm. were? You, you just, like, you just grew because your body grew, and as your body grew, you just start, started to develop more capabilities. So let's go back to hunter-gatherers. When you are a baby, you, if you are a boy, you were trained to be a hunter. But as a baby, you can't go out there and hunt, so you got to, you know, stay with your mom, stay in the village, stay at that. The men are going to go out, and the women are going to stay here in the village. As you grow older, Okay, now you now you're now you're old enough, you have the capability. Now we're moving you into the next phase of manhood. And even as women, you grow older, you move into the next phase of womanhood. But that wasn't an age. It wasn't like 13. It wasn't like 21. We just gave a number because we're so infatuated with giving something a definition instead of letting it be. So Ageism. I don't believe in it.
1: <laughs>
2: wow, you don't
0: believe in it. Okay. Um so I'm not gonna pick on you I just like the way you said what you said you don't believe in it um, yeah. let's let's do a hard shift with this and take ageism as a concept and bring it into the workplace and I'm yeah. going to utilize your your phraseology you don't you know ageism I don't believe in it why are we encouraging 60 year old people why are we encouraging 66 year old people why are we encouraging 58 year old people to voluntarily phase themselves out of the workplace you know uh again I, I, I say it's a hard shift because me being the older i definitely feel it now it's not being presented to me I'm not I'm not being asked or nudged or or uh subliminally sent messaging to push myself out of the workplace I still have many years to go um yet I'm asking the question because I do where I work you know my current day job There are some men on my job that are 78, that are 80, that are 83. And we are looking at them like, okay, dude, don't you know it's about time for you to go?" But there's a reasoning behind that. And when I say there's a reasoning behind it, once we continue in the conversation, I'll be getting to that reasoning. So I'll be coming back to this, me making the statement or me agreeing with certain people on the job about these older gentlemen, um, why are they still lingering while they're still hanging around? But for right now, let's discuss, why is it as a society worldwide, why is it that we encourage voluntary exit, let's say starting at the age of 58, 60? Let's make it sixty so at sixty why are we as a society worldwide encouraging them that are sixty and above hey don't you think you should voluntarily exit
2: yourself out of the workspace why can I yeah, you hop you on this would. first key go
0: ahead.
2: oh man okay we're getting into it so I feel like society does that because we still 2020 society is still operating on old backdated just an old system an out-of-date system because when you look at back in the day where social security was a thing pensions were a thing people were generally dying around 80 70 90 if you're lucky so of course you know people were pushing retirement around 60 65 so you can live the rest of your life how you want to live it but as we've grown in our society, as we've grown as a people, our life expectancy has grown as well. So people are pushing 115, 120, 100, like people working at, like you said, 83. You remember, we we, we all worked at the airport in Charlotte. You remember, we all remember AK, B1. <laughs> <laughs> like, we we we, we, we had the example. So, and everyone was just like, hey, like, dude. But, and then like, even with that example. So I learned about AK. AK is rich. He don't work for money. He got got money from back in Africa. He's from Africa. He's like a king or a prince there. So he don't come to work for bread. He comes to work just for activity, just for camaraderie, just to have people around. And I feel like people need to understand that people, when they get older, they're working. Not, Not all people work for money. And in society, that's usually what you work for. You work for money. You're working to get the bread. And it's a young game. Like even looking at sports, it's sports, that's a workplace as well. When people get 45, even LeBron, 35. If you look at an average 35-year-old, so much vitality, they can keep going however long they want to. But because LeBron has been playing the game for 17 years, man, cut all that out. He's been in the NBA for 17 years. He played in basketball for his whole life. So my man is getting getting better with time. He's he even said when he won a championship, I believe I can beat the younger me. So I really think the American society is just operating off an outdated system of what we used to believe in Social Security and people retiring at 65 because people 65 still looking at 20 years to work in. And some people I think is understanding that um, and some people not even necessarily that they don't work for money. Some people have to work for money at 68, at 70 because they don't have the necessary funds for retirement to retire. So it's a lot of things that need to be looked at in American society or why we push these people out, because then you wonder why the streets are flooded with homeless people. That was the same person that was working a job, but you flushed them out for a 21-year-old, and this is another thing about American society. I'm hitting it on their ad right now. It's another thing. I'll, I need to get rid of that 68-year-old that I will be paying more so I can get this 21-year-old fresh out of college, pay him the base salary. So I'm saving bread.
1: I'm happy. And so I was just saying, I'm
2: happy you, you said it. Because it's, it's, it's and that's what it is. It's like American society is so focused on the, the 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 cap, the capitalism, the dollar, that it will do anything it can to conserve the dollar. So instead of you know providing you know, benefits, providing extra services to the older members to keep them in, to, you know, help ingratiate the newer generation, give them a higher position, whatever. They just figured, nah, you, you my bottom line. If I get rid of you, I can restart over. And that's where you're seeing, you know, the poverty way it is, social security the way it is, unemployment the way it is, welfare, WIC the way it is. That's why you see workers at Walmart, all these older workers at these dead-end jobs because what they were doing, they got phased out because the company needed to cut losses or whatever. But they still need to work or want to work. So, I feel like that's why, in a nutshell, I guess. I they're Not really a nutshell. I kind of busted it open, but yeah.
1: I would, I would also Key? add that I feel like our society kind of... It doesn't appreciate the elderly. I feel like when people get older a lot of times people see them as not being as valuable so it's like even Mm. if that person um, say if it is a very laborious job you know and they get older they may not be able to move as quick as the company head may want them to move to assist with productivity and things like that um, but at the same time, like, I feel like, you know, that person has a lot to offer being that they've been with the company for a long time. So they've seen the company go through many transformations and transitions. So even if they not, they may not be of assistance in the, uh, let's say, in the field, they can be of assistance yeah. in the, uh, like, higher up in training the company, you know and pretty much on the board you know things that we want we want to improve on in the company or ways that we can be more efficient things that worked in the past that aren't working now we're trying the news we're trying these new strategies let's see how these things these things weigh out giving that person a voice to um to improve the company from a higher up level and i mean you know some older people can still move at the age of 70 or 80, you know, they're very agile and things Mm -hmm. like that. But I think, um, another aspect of it would be that I feel like companies try to stay. Well, some companies try to stay with the time they try to stay current. So it's like, Mm -hmm. if the company, they feel like the company is improving and moving, then they may see this person who was older as not being able to, grow Grow. and help the company modernize you know this person is very stuck in their ways and they're so used to the way things were being done or were done you know now that things are differently you know they really don't like the way that things are done now and it's very uncomfortable for them um or maybe they're struggling in some ways adjusting you know i'm just thinking if you have i'm just thinking about uh my job in particular you know Uh, I would hear one of my coworkers always talk about how they did things manually and how they'll write down the flights and how many gallons they pumped on the planes and things like that. And now everything's digital and, you know, he'd be having a hard time sometimes, you know, refreshing the computer or creating a ticket or knowing when to delete a ticket and things like that. Um, I should I'm gonna talk to him about that one day. I just want to ask him some questions just to see how his transition has been because he's been with the company for 20 plus years. So um, I feel like company heads see older people as being disposable because they're like, okay, well, the company's improving, we have all these new strategies, this new technology, you know, we're trying to become more efficient, faster. Uh, increase the amount of goods that we provide to the community this person is kind of slowing us down so we need to go ahead and and, you know we need to go ahead and let this person go and not only that you know we're paying a lot of money for them to stay here because they've been here for so long kind Uh of like what Kaylin said or exactly what Kaylin said you know let's go ahead let this person go and then let's move in this new guy and pay him base pay and he won't complain as much
0: yeah I definitely agree with you too in your assessment of what you see as far as capitalism as far as the business models not really changing over the last twenty five years meaning you know we get the highest level of productivity out of people who we don't have to invest the maximum amount of money into um. I definitely see our society here in America as well as worldwide not not knowing how to make that shift because to make that shift in the workplace means you're going to end up having to make that shift everywhere else. So if you're going to and And, of course, we know with any society it is not it is not advantageous to be the first to try anything like that. So no fortune five hundred company is really going to test the waters by revamping their personnel chart to incorporate the the retention of the elderly employee who could quite possibly be close to retirement to to just go, hey, man, we acknowledge your years of service. We acknowledge your wisdom. We acknowledge your your dedication to this company. So what we're going to do is we're going to create a whole new position for you, and you're not going to have to move much. You're not going to have to, you know, be out in the field as much. But what you're really going to do is you're going to help us learn how to develop the new uh, incoming employees and their transition to whatever level no no company is going to
2: do that so yeah you're, you're and what right. and, and what's crazy about that is that they won't be the first to do it but let a smaller company do it and perfect it. They will hop on that like vultures on a dead carcass, and then they'll freaking automate the heck out of it and forget about that small company that made it. And that's the thing that really pisses me off because they don't want to be the first, but when they figure out it works, they, work, they want to do it. Because I think of the movie The Founder and Ray Kroc. He was based like a five hundred fortune, like a like a Fortune five hundred company going at a small business, a mom and pop shop. Man, y'all got these burgers flowing. I see how I can make this monopoly. Okay. I'm going to go move. And then I'm going to make my business so big that no one, even, everyone forgets about your business. Literally bought the McDonald's brothers out of their own business and stole their name. And it's like, it's, it's, I say funny more so because it just shows them that they like, they're the herd and they control what we see. And that's why it's herd mentality because what they do, like, no one wants to be the innovator. Everyone wants to just follow with the good. No one wants to be great. Everyone just wants to be good. And then we can just follow the trends of the good until we need to do something else. Well, go like, man, it's, and I even think this even goes all the way down to sports. Like there's a, there's a football coach in high school that goes forward on every fourth down and does onside kick. He doesn't do anything else. And it's so crazy that now I see in the college level and the NFL level, a lot more teams going for it on fourth down because it used to be back in the day, fourth down, punting. You had three downs. Four, fourth down, the only time you'll go for it is maybe on like inches or goal line situation, but just a fourth and eight or a fourth and five, you just wouldn't go for it to get to keep the ball. You just punt it off because that's how you played the game. But ever since someone came in and decided to be the innovator and say, I'm not going to play the game how you say it, I'm going to play the game how I say it, I don't care what anyone else says about me, this is how I'm playing the game. Now I'm starting to see more and more teams mirror that. And I'm like, wow, <laughs> that jumped crazy. And business is like the same thing.
0: Yeah, you're right. You're right. It reminded me as listening to you, um, again, being being older than you guys, it reminds me, I can't remember his name but it is in the line of sports. He was the Atlanta Falcons coach. Um, he was, uh, he had brown hair, very, very dark, dark, almost jet black hair. I forget his Dan name. Dan Reeves? No, no, no. Before Dan Reeves. Way before Dan wow. Reeves. Um, but he perfected what was called a running gun. He perfected what was called a running gun, and then uh, Bill Walsh turned it into what was called a West Coast Offense. Um, But it was originally that Atlanta Falcon coach that introduced it to the league. And at that time in the way that you have Bruce Arians and uh, Kyle Shanahan in today's time of the NFL, who are perfecting these ways of adapting college style play to the NFL. So you get, Games like the L.A. Rams and the and the Kansas City Chiefs, you know, hundred games, one hundred twenty point games, and it becomes high entertainment. Um, and then you have those players like uh, uh, the quarterback for the Ravens,
2: uh, Lamar Jackson, Russell Wilson, Patrick that, Mahomes. Yes, he those,
1: no, no, I don't those. Follow.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we just we we just weaving in the examples of business. That's it. You don't know, these are just random facts, right? But
0: really, what you're saying is true. This is innovation, real time. They are innovators. These these coaches, these offensive coordinators, they are innovators. And mind you, some of them are older men. Some of them are older men who have been holding on to 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 schemes. Blocking
2: schemes, passing schemes. Oh, I got something oh. else. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. Oh my goodness, bro, you just unlocked the door. You said older coaches are are have these schemes and things, and they're developing. <laughs> What's so crazy is my mom, my mom's generation. So my mom is about like you know you know we can't talk about women's age but anyways she's in her you know 40 to 50 area I'm not gonna say your age mama you just you know you you look good Mm -hmm. so um she she was when I left when I left school to be a disciple for God and everyone basically said that's stupid she didn't really talk to me and we talked about it after everything happened and she was saying that Well, I I understood as I learned her story that she was just upset that mainly because I could make the decision to leave school to pursue my to pursue my passion. But her generation, she they weren't necessarily allowed to pursue their passion because if they pursued their passion, they own their own. So they had to do what they had to do in order to get where they had to get. And once you get to that place, then you can do whatever Mm -hmm. you want to do. So what if a lot of these coaches, a lot of these business owners, a lot of these people are so ingratiated into that mindset of, I just got to get to this spot in order to do what I want to do. I just got to get to this place. I just got to get to this place. And then when I get to that place, I'm going to try to do it. But even when you get to that place, you realize there's so much stuff that you have to, red tape that you have to cut through that you're not even able to really lay out the innovation that you want because the company is so automated the company is running so we have 50 years of excellence yeah but y'all got 50 years of excellence about to be over in two and it's so crazy because that the generation i'm speaking of the 40 to 50 they they have what our generation has as well they were they just never had the opportunity to actually like like attack it, like actually just like open it, open that thing up and just see what it was going to be. We are the generation where we're taking their vitality and we're actually putting action to it and we don't, it's kind of bad, but we don't care about what our parents are saying or what anyone else says. We're just going to do it and that's the difference I'm seeing as, Brother so you just said it, like, older coats. Older coaches are still having innovation, which means older employees still have innovation in them. You just have to provide them the opportunity to show it. If you never do, they'll just hold into it until they die. And then when they die, you see all the stuff that they had planned and all that stuff. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, you're you're, you're I, I definitely uh, comprehend what you're saying. Um, caveat, just something I'm going to throw in. This is why I personally advocate for no matter who you are, no matter who you are, no matter what your route was in life, no matter uh, your station in life, your level of life. I am an advocate that every person should have an autobiography. Every person should write their own book. And there's two reasons for that. Reason number one, you have something inside of you that must be introduced into the world. The world must know what's in you. And if you write a book, predominantly an autobiography, it can be introduced into the world. Two, the second reason, a book equals eternity. Why? Because the book will outlive the physical life any day. We are still in 2020 able to look even if it's uh, even if it's a, a minor viewpoint, we can still look into the mind of Plato. We can still look into the mind of Manson Musa. We can still look into the mind of Langston Hughes. We can still look into the mind of Dorothy Dandridge. We can still look into the mind of Ella Fitzgerald, Frank Sinatra. We can still look into the mind of Harry Belafonte, Quincy Jones, we could still look into the mind of of, of business owners from the 1800s, from the 1700s. We could still look into the mind of W.E.B. Du Bois. We could look into the mind of Robert Small. We could look into the mind of Booker T. Washington. We can look into the mind of Ida B. Wells. Why? Because they are books that they have written that came from their mind that we now get to experience, that we will forever experience even when those people are not here physically. And so that's why I would say in in conjunction, that's why I called it a caveat, in conjunction with what you just presented, Kayla, and and truly in the topic of ageism, I, I would wanna see every person before the age of 60 begin to lay out a plan where you're gonna write an autobiography about your life because somebody there's gonna be something inside of it that is going to bless somebody in 20 years and 40 years and 60 years and 80 years and 120 years. It's going to be there. It's just, you can't stop it from being there. It's gonna do it. You know, I was blessed by uh, reading uh, the book, uh, the Republic by Plato.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. It helped me immensely. I never met that man. I never knew that man. That man ain't alive today, but so much of who he was in the way that he thinks, I've now been able to, uh, incorporate a small bit of it into my life. And that's what can happen. If like you said, the opportunity is provided when you yourself provide yourself the opportunity.
2: Repeat that don't wait
0: on nobody to, uh-huh. for you. rewind. Yeah. You provide your own self, that's your is. own opportunity to being effective in this world. So now uh <laughs> yeah I know, I know I said that another hard shift. I'm going to do another hard shift because you, 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 you uh, and Miss Keats was the one that brought it up. Listen, we <laughs> stopped <start
2: dance>.
0: No, <laughs> uh, Yeah. So uh, uh, Again, we're not losing focus ageism. We're talking primarily about America. We're talking primarily about uh, the business landscape, the workplace. Um, I had a good conversation with my younger cousin some years ago and um, she made an awesome statement. And um, I would like to repeat it and get you guys uh, uh commentary behind this statement. And what she said to me was, and we were talking about ageism. We were talking about ageism in the business of I'm getting a echo in my mic. Are you guys picking it up? It It was happening
2: at first. It's
0: good now. OK, I apologize. Um, so uh, her statement went as, as such. The way older people, and, and again, we're framing this in the context of ageism within corporate America, um, within the workplace. The way older people view younger people is the same way younger people view automation. And when she said it, it blew my mind because she being someone at that time who hadn't even started her sophomore year of college uh, on the path to earning an MBA, which she should have by now. um, It blew my mind because I knew at that time, I was 45 then, I was thinking about why... I hadn't made certain advances and a lot of those advances that I hadn't made was because I only have a high school education. I I do have a trade. I I am what is uh, termed a union certified union qualified journeyman plumber. Um, So I have a skill and I was able to bank that skill and stay within uh, what is called public works. Any, anyone who's listening to this would know what public works is if you work inside local government. Um, so it didn't require me to have to have a college education or, or a specialty. But as technology does what technology is doing, and that is only advancing Now I can return back to the earlier statement about the 75, 80-year-old men that are on the job site with me and why we say that about them. Because they refuse to uh, allow the technology to be integrated in their face. And um, are you guys at your age, both of you, are y'all able to agree with that statement? The way older people look at younger people is the same way younger people are looking at automation.
1: For me, person, oh, well, can I go ahead, Kaylin? Okay,
2: listen, yeah, let's just listen, listen, sis. This is free reign. You were talking. I, I was being quiet. Um, listening.
1: for me personally, I would say yes because I know any type of drastic technological advances makes me uncomfortable. So let's just say for example when self checkout first became a thing. That made me feel really uneasy. I'm like, "Oh no, man, they're doing it like everything's going to be run by robots and they're trying to eliminate eliminate human interaction. They're doing it, they're doing it." Um mm. online shopping. I can't stand it. I'm not a fan. I like being able to go in the <laughs> store, you know, not saying I go to the store just to talk to people, but, you know, having that social interaction. Hey, uh, is everything going OK? You know, did you need a different size? I like that. And not only that, I like being able to try on my clothes. I like the um, I like being able to feel the material to kind of get a sense, OK, this is going to fit fine. This one I may need mm-hmm. a bigger size because when you online shop, you eliminate all of that. And then not only that, the process of mm. returning an item in case it doesn't fit <laughs> takes forever. And I just, I don't, I don't like that. I'm, I can't stand online mm. shopping. I would rather go to the store, stand in line, wait, do all of that than online shop. Um, well, I know another one that I mentioned to you guys earlier was the thumbprint on your phone. That makes me feel really uneasy because uh-huh. I don't know, maybe it's me being paranoid about things which I do feel like I have a slight case of paranoia, you know, but I don't I don't <laughs> like any
0: what is a black american without their paranoia?
2: That's another episode. <laughs> <laughs> that is a whole another episode, black paranoia. Keep going Keats, cuz we about to go on the tangent. That's talk about hard shifts. We went from a we went from a highway to a cruise ship anyways. But
1: any any severe technological advances makes me feel really uneasy. That's just like, um, have you guys heard about the chip? People being chips, getting these chips in their oh, fingers yeah. and mm-hmm. things like that. I remember I read an article that they started doing some of those in Wisconsin. And with the chip, pretty much people have access to like certain doors at work or some people uh, get chips. So they can unlock their cars. I'm not I don't want no. I'm not a fan. I'm good. I would rather use my keys. Go up to my door, put the key in the lock, turn right to unlock. To unlock, turn left to lock it. You know, that's totally fine. I'm totally fine with that.
0: Oh, you got send me i
1: I'm totally fine with that. Teslas, self-driving cars? No, I would. I don't mind pressing on the gas. I don't have cruise control on my car. That's fine. You know. My knee may be a little achy, but I will press on the gas when I'm ready to (laughs) go and I'll press on the brake when I just slow down and stop. I don't want... No. I don't like that. I'm not a fan.
2: Talk your your stuff, sis. I almost forgot we're on WDRB Media. No cussing. No cussing, kids. No cussing. I don't cuss.
1: You
2: don't cuss. Well, you know, sometimes it slips, but my bad. bad.
1: But I would definitely say I... I agree with that statement because I know for me personally, some technological advances, I'm like, okay, yeah, that's cool. But there are some where I, I always ask the question, why are they doing this? Why is mm-hmm. this a trend? Why is online shopping such a big thing? Why are they putting chips in people? Why are they asking for my fingerprint just so I can unlock my phone? Why does all of these apps want a copy of my fingerprint? That's always my question. So,
2: for me, yes, I agree. And after Keeks eloquently exp- explained <laughs> that, I agree as well. Cause I, I, I was, I'm, man, she mentioned everything. Tesla, yeah, uh huh. <laughs> like I even, I even have been in a Tesla, and it's like my friends, they're like, yeah, man, you want, you want to drive? And I'm like, uh, okay, I guess. And so I'm driving. They're like, you know, all you have to do is press this two times. Just let your hands go the wheel. What? Yeah, just do it, man. Man, I put, I I literally held the wheel, let go, and had my hands hovering that thing. Like, okay, this is cool. This is cool. But no, I don't want it. Like, I'm not finna buy it. Like, I've seen so many stories of self-driving cars crashing a road, all this stuff. And people, and the thing about self-driving, it only goes in a straight line. So if you hit a curve, uh, hello, you're screwed. So stuff like that. And then even, like Keith said, even in stores, like seeing the self-automate, like, dang, man, they really... They really just exiting out the cashier. And some but then some stuff I, I I some stuff I do rock with. Like even the self-checkout, like I'm cool with it now. Yeah. Cause sometimes I have the option. Do I want to check myself out? Or do I want to be lazy? <laughs> you know? If my buggy is big, I'm being lazy today. If I came in for a few items, you know, I don't need to stand in the 16 person line. Let me just go ahead and mm-hmm. doop, 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 pay my little joint and be on. But one thing I do not like. Is freaking automated systems with these b- banks and these places that you actually need to speak to a person. Yes. If I call a person because my Wi-Fi has my wi is working, but there's this one blinking spot on my router, and I know exact. I, I know what I know the issue. I just need the, the 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 solution, and I have an automated system that goes down a whole gambit of list of things. <laughs> I have no need for just give me to a live person. I know my yes. exact question. I know exactly what I need. And this one person, this automated system takes you through all these steps. And by the time you get to a live person, you almost forget what you even call for. And so you got to tell them, can you look at my uh, account? Just What do I have? I don't even know. What? Who is this? Who am I calling? It's just like, all that, and then, and then like the automated system does, it's not. And then they try to make it so human, like you know, they cut off when you talk, and they just automatically and they even have the thing where they'll talk, and then it'll be yes. like, to make it seem like you typing. I know you're a robot. I don't need to know you typing. <laughs> like, like it's just the like the dumbest stuff. Like for real. And so it's like stuff like that. I need a person. Like a person can talk to me. Hey, this is your issue. Boom, it's done. Anything else? Nope. All right. Boom. Call over, and the max the max time we on the phone from them picking it up to us hanging up can be five minutes. But you dealing with the automated system, you can. You might as well set aside an hour of your day because. The automation is going to send you through all these lists. You can, all right, now we can connect you to a representative. Now you have to wait for a representative to answer the phone and you don't know where you are in line. So now you listen to this horrible whole music that I don't, they just need to go ahead and upgrade that because every single one of them things is just horrible. Then by the time you get to a representative, it's just, you're ready to be done and just pissed off. (sighs) So yes, I agree with your statement, Brother Stokes. I I love people to people. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's my, my little cousin's statement. Oh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. My bad. See, I don't, yeah. I don't
2: forgot. Even it was a little cousin statement. See, look, automated systems. No,
0: I, I, it, it, listening to both of you guys, uh, express your your dis your dissatisfaction with certain elements of automation, even at your age, it does remind me of the meetings that I've sat in or the moments when the older gentleman being out in the field would complain about certain elements of how I work or how someone younger than me works, or the simple fact that I being, you know, like J. Cole say, being at, you know, little brother and big brother at the same time, especially on the job, you know, in, 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 in life, you know, you're, we are, we are what's called the sandwich generation. Um, that's, a, that's a term that became popular probably five years ago, five or 10 years ago. And when I say popular, it's popular amongst those of us between the ages of 35 and 50. Uh, we're the sandwich generation. We're, we're the generation of, of, of people who oftentimes will find themselves sandwiched between children and parents, having to care for children, but also having to care for our parents. Um, and so it's that same way on most, uh, inside of most workplaces, you have maybe a 45 year old manager, uh, a 45 year old junior VP or 45 year old supervisor who quite possibly could have the 66, 67 year old worker that's, that's being encouraged daily to exit the workplace, you know, man, why don't you go ahead and, uh, you know, think about putting in your retirement papers? You know, you've been here for 30 years, you've been here for 35 years. But then you also have the 22 year old who just started, don't know anything. And you're like, come on, man, you got to catch up. You got to, you got to, you got to you know, do, do it now. Oh, man. And then so you find the balance between the two. Because you don't want to alienate. You need productivity to go forward. You need to accomplish the goal in a day. So this is where I say I return back to that statement that we have been, you know, and when I say we, I mean more than just myself on our job. We And and I'm being very honest. um, One man is, he's got to be 80. He's got to be 80. Um, But they are not in the field, they are in management. But they are very, very, very opposed to technology. And then you have the young people that are in uh, engineering and they are in surveying and they are in the uh, aggregate part of public works and there's a common system that is used and i'm getting very technical and very specific there's a common system that is used in almost every uh public works department in america and it's called a gis system and a gis system is just a fancy mapping system but it can map all your water lines all your sewer lines all your power lines all your streets all your underground uh uh, uh, Stormwater drains. It literally is a, a Underground total integration. railroad, you know. <laughs> all, that, all that overhead hanging power <laughs> um, lines. But anyway, the point I get at is the GIS system is constantly going in a forward manner because it's constantly having to be updated. And with every update, there's a company that is attempting to bring in a new form of this technology and introduce it around America. So you could have certain portions of the country under a GIS system that was uh, brought to them five years ago and they haven't changed it. They haven't updated it. But the company is still willing to work with them. But then you could have a, a, a public works entity that just got the newest update And they are on, uh, they're only working from handheld devices, iPhone 12s, iPhone 11s. So you have older generation workers who have to go through these classes. And it's hard trying to sit a 60-year-old man that didn't graduate high school. Mm -hmm. Think about this now. You got some men on these jobs who've been on these jobs for 40 years, 30 years, and they didn't make it past Mm -hmm. the 10th grade. And now you're trying to get them to understand uh, layers. You're trying to get them to understand how to pull the email screen down while taking a video uh, and shifting the video to the email and sending it to this department, but don't send it to that department. <laughs> you know, and they're looking. They're looking at you in these classrooms. always in a classroom setting, which is something. As you said earlier, uh, uh, Keeks, that's the part of, uh, of, 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 uh, of ageism that I don't like. The part of ageism that I don't like is that America still refuses to take learning out of a classroom setting. It's like if we don't see desks and tables and white walls and, and, a, and a whiteboard with markers or a chalkboard with chalk and eraser, we're not going to be able to comprehend <laughs> what we need to get done. Like no, the best I've ever had was taking the iPad while in the field, while in front of the canal, the storm drain system. Literally walking someone step by step, and they go, "Wow, they should have. Why did they just tell it to me like that?" I was like, "I don't know. That's the way I learned it." Man, what? And you, you, you speaking truth. And so for me, um, when we look at these elderly people who are still on these jobs and they're not going anywhere, but they're refusing to accept the advancement of the technology, it gives us pause as being the ones that are inside the sandwich generation because what we're really seeing, and, and, and I said this to you guys earlier before we started recording, Some of these people are not leaving these jobs because, and and this is what I said to you guys, if you remember what it was like on your 16th birthday, you got the opportunity to go down to the DMV and get your license. You were so hyped, so excited because the license, the driver's license represented independence. In that same way, that's why the elderly refused to let go of their driver's licenses. That's why they find it very difficult to be told by a medical professional or any other type of entity out here in America, in the world, that you can't drive no more. We're telling you, you can't get behind a wheel. You're not going to take my independence. You're not going to take, you're not going to make me irrelevant. You're not going to push me to the side and tell me I don't matter anymore. That's, the, it, that's what I think the core of ageism is, especially in America. I think the core of ageism that we probably have not ever tried to discuss in America is the fact that ageism is all about telling someone yeah. they're no longer relevant. And that's wrong. That's wrong. We are relevant. They are relevant. Now, how do we convert I think that's the issue we're facing over the next 20 years. How do we convert the relevancy of the elderly inside the workplace primarily, that it be a positive for businesses, as you said, Kalen, become the innovator to take this wisdom, to take this experience, and turn it into a SOP, turn it into a daily operating uh, protocol, so that when you do bring the new worker in at the lower wage, they are they are now able to be taught, if not even read, how to navigate the space where
2: they find themselves as a brand new worker. I I, I wonder if that's what we need. And and honestly, I feel like one thing that I really appreciated about Menzies that they did well when I joined it was um dang it was something I forgot what ASIG yeah good dang don't but when 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 I um when I got on the job one thing I appreciated is not only did they do the like actual in the classroom but once you got on the field you had a certain like you had two weeks or however long so you can actually learn the system with and someone that's seasoned so that like I remember man getting that hose in that plane oh my goodness that hose kicking my butt but Mr. James shout out to Mr. James man <laughs> but uh but um mr james was just telling me yo, you, that, he even you that hole's kicking your butt huh it is he even showed me little ways on how to you know get it get it in twisted and he just showed me the way if he wasn't there oh my goodness i would be messing everything up so i think really i agree like i feel like and i love what you said brother soaks about how Basically, you told you told us in the story of that coworker that you took him to the field and you showed him. People have so many different yes. ways of learning. And I feel like when you get older, you like, you get older, you change yourself. So you you're, your learning is different from a 21-year-old. The 21-year-old can listen to a PowerPoint and can get everything. The 70-year-old, I need to see this in action. So it's like, I think it's, it's understanding. I think it's businesses really one, just care, and two, just freaking learn the people that are working for you, like, what, what, like, the 70-year-old, like, dang, man, you, you, you move it kind of slow, but you do excellent work at keeping your books, every time I check your paperwork, it's solid, maybe I need to give him a position where he can train people on paperwork, train people on booking, or be on the booking side, like, I think really businesses need to look at their employees and see, okay, they're lacking, but what do they, what are they good at? And let's provide them an opportunity at what they're good at so that we can still pay them. They can still be happy and we can still have productivity in our business, but businesses don't give a, they don't give a mess about employees. They just care about that money. They care about that bread coming in. And if that bread not coming in, your feelings are really at the lowest in my told them Paul but if that bread coming in I'll think about your feelings about 2 seconds that's the problem with businesses they focus on that dollar that money that bread but the thing that's getting you that bread you're totally negating which I'm just going to make another hard shift which is exactly what which is exactly what happened with slaves you brought slaves over here to till your land you didn't look at them for anything else then When that business that you brought them over here for no longer is existing, you didn't have anything else to do for them. So you didn't know what to do because you were just brought them in just for a certain thing. Now that that thing is changing, you don't know what to do. So you just cut them off and you just let them go and to be what they be. And then they end up running back to you because they need to do that because you didn't provide them any opportunity. You didn't provide them anything. You just said, thank you for doing your service. Now go on. I don't need you no more. And that's where you see the greeters at Walmart. Hey, baby, how you doing? Let me see your uh, receipt real quick. The sweetest lady, you didn't know that she was in banking for 30 years. Like, man, it's it's, it's sad. It's sad how businesses really, it's sad, it's sad how America really puts capitalism cap money above just anything and everything else. And man, I just, I, that's what I feel like needs to happen in America. Like businesses need to care about their employees. Cause when you care about your employees, your profits will yes. increase. Like I don't like I don't understand like what, what you do get. Like if you have happy, if you got people that actually want to come in to work, they gon they gonna be willing to do overtime. They're gonna be willing to go the extra above all. Like, but when you don't care about them, how do you expect them to care about the money?
1: Right. Because they don't child, I need to play this for the managers at um
2: Listen, you just <laughs> need to go into work, put put the podcast on <laughs> and just work. Point. Like don't even say nothing. They'd be like, Keeks, is that you? Echo, uh, Echo Nine, you good? All right. Oh, you say you need fuel, Echo Five? All right, go on your break. Keeks, is that you? Huh? My bad. I got I got work to do.
0: (laughs) Wow. And man, once I am so thankful that we were able to navigate through this topic and that you sat with us for this last hour and listened, and maybe now you have some ideas or it sparked something inside of you that are listening to question what's going on in your workplace or question what's going on in your neighborhood or question what's going on inside your nonprofit or your area of society when you are engaging the older or you as the older when you're engaging the younger. Because remember, We're talking about ageism. So as the song did say, age is more than a number. So there are some things that the youth are facing that they might need your help with. And just like that, people, there's some stuff that the elderly, the older folks are facing that they might need your help. So just look at the person, look at the person and see if there's something that you can provide. And now if you are listening to the podcast (laughs) channel. Get some extra tidbit that they didn't get on the radio. So let's continue the conversation there, man.
2: We hit it hard, didn't we? Man, we that, that was that was lit. That was lit, and it's it's so crazy because like I had an I had an example of like just older people and how when they grow or just uh, catering to them. Like I have so many customers that call into my job, and they don't know how to read a text message while they're on the phone at the same time. Wow, and wow. it's and it, it's a lot more older people that just don't know that literally will tell you. I say I send you a text message. All you have to do is go inside text messages, click on the link. Um, will I lose you? Uh, no. Uh, you can go ahead and do it. Um, I don't even know how to access my text messages. What? What do you see? I just see end. I see mute. I see speaker. I see numbers. Uh, and then I have to say okay well do you know how to access your text messages even if we're on the phone yeah then do that then they go right to the text message and it's just but I know that I'm 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 like a black sheep in that and a lot of people as far as phone representatives don't take the time to figure that out about older people they just oh you can't do it Oh well, bump it you gotta wait on the letter and they just throw their hands up and just bump the customer service but these people they genuinely do not know. That's like a child coming up to you and like, I want to throw a football, but I don't know how. And you're just saying, Oh, how much football we don't watch, you don't figure it out yet, man. Go ahead somewhere. Like, come on, man. To have some empathy. Like, dang, that my heart really hurt that you don't know how to check how you don't know how to check a text message while you're on the phone. Let me help you out. I've helped people out. I've helped people understand the flash button on their phone, how to answer calls and put a call on hold. I've helped so many people, and they say, I just thank you so much for helping me. I just didn't know. Now I know, because now they know they don't have an excuse going forward. So when they call back in, and when they do it again, they know how to do it like a boss. But if you just throw your hands up, then every call thereafter, they're just going to be more difficult. Mm. Oh, man. So. Mm.
0: No, I I definitely agree with you because even in personal life, man, I, I remember when my mother had her uh, surgery on her eyes and she was well aware of what she was getting ready to go through to the point where she had to educate me about how technology is not friendly to the elderly when it comes to them having uh, disabilities. Because there was no cell phone that we could find that could assist her with voice command. Like, they have voice command, but they don't have the fluidity of voice command when thinking about people that are limited with sight. And I remember telling her, I was like, man, do I got to call the Braille Institute? Because I know the people at the Braille Institute would know how to champion for the blind. So if you're championing for the blind, you're going to automatically help them that are limited in sight. They may not be totally blind, but they're limited in sight in the same way that you could go to whatever the institute is that the National Institute that is uh, championing for those that are uh, have hearing loss or, or are hearing impaired. Um, the same way you have... Uh, and and a lot of people don't know about these organizations but you have the silver foxes um, and i know there are other organizations there's also arp but these are all organizations that are out there that champion for the elderly when it comes to their ability to be able to stay functioning capable participants in our american society without having to feel like you're elderly right you know it's it's that thing like like you said, it's just it's just wild and crazy the 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 care that you need to have for people, but there is a certain age where that gets cut off in this American society, and it's almost like, hey, you're no longer necessary. You you take your retirement, get on out of here, okay. you know, get an RV, go see America, you know, go to the Grand Canyon, go to Yosemite. You know, something like that. But, oh,
2: man. it's it, uh, I, I like that you brought that it, up. It, it definitely had, needed to be said on my end because it just hurts my heart. And even, like, personal example, like my grandma. I love my grandma to death. But my grandma technology, yo, she need help on the simplest thing. She get a new phone. She needs you to run through a tutorial of everything. Text messages, mm-hmm. emojis, phone calls, contacts. <laughs> you just got to run through it. Mm-hmm. But the thing about me, I don't care. I love my grandmother. So I'm going to sit there, answer all the questions, figure it out with her, make sure she comfortable. But not everybody in my family got that same patience that I got. Okay. So, like, she just be frustrated. And every times I call her, yeah, baby, because, you know, if you ain't here, ain't, ain't nobody going to teach me nothing about this whatever thing I got. You know, I don't even know what the name it is. I don't know. Some type of alien something. Is an Android? <laughs> something like that, I guess that's what they said. <laughs> but like, cause it's just—I mean, it's not that important in their life. But they quote-unquote need it. Like my mom, like my mom was trying to get uh, my grandma like a touchscreen. I was like, mom, "Mom, what does she want?" She said she just go well, what she got her. She want a flip phone. Get her a flip phone. If she want a flip phone, get that for her. Right. Whatever she want, get it for her. Because that's where she at. She don't need a touchscreen. She not on social media. She don't do all this other heebity-jeebity stuff that us young folk care about she don't care about none of that give her something she care about as long as she can text somebody receive text messages call somebody and receive calls if that's all she want to do baby get her something that will accomplish that for her
1: and make it the simplest way possible
2: right but we yeah. want to push progression we want to push all this stuff on them like you're supposed to be on here you're supposed to you're supposed to this how you gonna keep up with somebody by calling them I don't know, but actually pulling up to their house saying, hey, I brought dinner. Let's have a conversation. You know, like some things that happened back in the day were good. Like my mom even educated me on work, like jobs. Back in the day, it was a nine to five because businesses closed at five. Nothing was open after five until. So you had to be at the house. You had to eat dinner with your family. You had to talk. Television cut off at a certain time. There was nothing else airing. You had to. How was your day, everybody? Let's talk about the day. Let's, you know, do homework. You had to do those things. But now we got 24 hour this, 24 hour that up till 12. We got freaking work hours from three to 12 from whichever, which way, because we just want to be open all day. But by opening all day doing all this other stuff, you cutting a family life, yeah you cutting understanding self-care. you cutting customers self care se- mental health there are so many things that are being cut just for the dollar so yeah it's 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 sad, it's sad, and it, it, anything with an ism, in my opinion is sad um but uh yeah. It's, oh man we sick yo we sick and we need some medicine <sighs> yes miss mm. Keith
0: being somebody who, who recently and when I say recently I know it, it it it's happened more than a year ago but who recently exited college what can you say? you know understanding that professors are older they're supposed to have wisdom they're supposed to have the, the 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 correct information that they're giving to you guys being the younger what can you say you saw if you saw if you remember that you were seeing it? the change in the way that professors looked were they older were they getting younger to you were they seeing did you see professors that seemed like they were your or a little bit older than you or was it just you know it was a clear distinction the professor is the older person the ta is the one that looks like they're about my age maybe trying to get their masters in this uh field like what did you see as far as ageism when it came to your college
1: experience? great question um i feel like it depends on what department I feel like certain departments had professors that were older. Uh, some departments had professors that were younger. So, for example, um, what's a good one? The communications department. A lot of the communications professors were, I'm going to say they were in their 30s or 40s. But if you look at some of the professors in the political mm. science department, well, Well, that depends. You had some professors that were up there, you know, maybe in their 60s, and then you had some professors that were in their 40s. If you had professors in some of the newer programs, Mm. so for example in my school, the nursing program was something that was very new. A lot of those professors looked younger. Uh, I would say that they were probably in their 30s. So I would say it varied upon the department, and I feel that some I don't know it was like with some of the newer classes they were open to having newer professors teach those classes compared to if this is the class that's or a course that's been taught for years or centuries or if this professor has tenure like no we already know what professor we want to teach that class um I never Mm. really thought about the age too much of my professors. In some ways, I did. I guess it depended on the class. So, for example, I took a poli-sci course with the same professor, and I felt like his way of thinking was outdated. And I remember thinking in my mind, like, how can you be teaching poli-sci and not have like a more current way of thinking, you know? Um, It didn't seem like race was something that was he didn't see I don't believe that race was something that he saw or he didn't see it as being problematic or mm. being unjust uh, and being embedded in the political institutions of society um, and that was actually a lot of my professors right. or a lot of professors at that school but that's a whole other conversation for a whole other day um, compared to my professors and my Black world studies courses. Uh most of them were. I don't know, y'all. Y'all know black don't crack, so it's kind of <laughs> hard. Yeah. Right,
2: right. It's you think hard. you you think they about got dog thirty? They be like, yeah, I'm fifty five. Right? What? You'd
1: be like, where?
2: You look fifty five. Pull out your license.
1: Now what? So I don't know. Well that was look a little, good. <laughs> a little different, but I also went to a um, I went to a Catholic school, and it was founded by um, a group of sisters, the Cincinnati sisters. So sometimes we even had sisters teaching classes at the school.
0: Wow, that's that's awesome. That's an awesome experience to me. But the reason why I asked you the question is because you know in the sense that you know if you remembered as you were going through it and you did touch on it lightly when you have like i we're talking inside you know predominantly the work the work area the corporate america the age of the person who is in charge you tend to as you just said miss certain elements of who, of what you're going through presently. So like you said, the older professors seem to skip over what was just current and needed to be included from your perspective. And so um, I think one of the things that we forget when it comes to education is that education is not just the teaching of a, a, of a item or a subject matter from a historical point of view. Education is a current thing that's happening at the moment is being taught to you. So I think about, you know, uh, 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 what our high school kids are going through today with COVID and what if they're, what if they're ninth grade, uh, economics teacher is somebody that went that somebody that went through uh, and -hmm. you guys don't remember this. Trust me, y'all don't. But what if they were someone who went through the gas crisis in in 72 or 71 where they had uh, on day and off day, even day and odd day. Like I remember that as a little kid. I remember my parents speaking about that or you know, you have somebody uh, that's just entered their freshman year of college and they're a history major and, you know, you're you're looking at history being made right now but your professor is 65 years old and he or she is continually trying to tell you about Iran-Contra or they're constantly trying to tell you about what it was like for the United States military to have to go into Panama or what it was like for, you know, America to have to live through its, uh, its first act of homeland terror with uh, Timothy McVeigh in Oklahoma. It's like you're trying to get youngsters to deal with some items that, yes, it's history, yes, it's, it's, it's relevant to what we are being taught, but at the end of the day, I could be, let's talk about what's going on now. And if you're older, can, you know, I think that's a part of ageism as well because older people, and I know I do it, I do it to you guys. I try to catch myself from time to time. We just we just tend to pull from our experience. We tend to pull from our reference points. And that's something that I think the older people have a hard time doing in workspaces. I think they have a hard time connecting in workspaces, because most older people are unwilling, and, and I'm probably going to catch flack in the comment section behind this. Um, most older people are unwilling to stay abreast of current situations, current uh, news, current articles, current uh, current trends within the culture, whatever the culture is. So. Um, Is that something that you guys, uh, inside where you work at, or maybe you don't even see it? Maybe it's not something that you even have to encounter. But have you ever experienced it yourself, that you're sitting there looking at an older person and you're trying to get the older person to understand where you're coming from? And you can just clearly Ooh, see it on their face. They're yeah. like, man, I'm not trying to listen to you. you know?
1: Yes. I just had <laughs> this encounter. What? It's probably been about three weeks. It's been about three weeks. Okay. Well, So, you know. Tell me it
0: about it. Tell me about
1: it. So far as scheduling and things like that, they are based off of seniority. You know, your hire date. So whenever, you know, if you have, whenever you was hired at the company, you get more seniority compared to someone who just started at the company yesterday. So this particular event, um, this was on, this is when I was on my daytime schedule and I was covering everyone's break times slash vac and vacation time. So, um, two individuals at my job, you know, they've been with the company for 20 plus years, long time. And, um, When it came to them taking their breaks, it was always just, it was always something. You know, one of them would take his break. He changed his break time every single day. The other one wouldn't take a break at all. If the other, if one of the uh, manager's managers came into our office, he's like, oh man, it would have been nice to get a break today. Never said anything to me about him wanting to take a break, you know, and I'm the type of person, I'm like, okay, well, if you want a break, tell me you want to break And if you don't pick up then you ain't getting a break so it was just this one thing right. you know one of right. my cohorts was like hey yeah um you're going to you're going to do this push for me they you're going to do the last one for this guy and I just I got very frustrated I had been meaning to have the conversation you know but that was just the perfect time I was like okay you know we need to come up with some type of schedule because you guys changing your break times every single day that's not working for me this the individual responded well not to be rude or anything but I've been with the company for 20 plus years and I don't think you creating a schedule is gonna do anything child of the Lord oh, when boy. I tell y'all whoo <laughs>
2: Call on him. Call on him.
1: You know, <laughs> but I had to calm down because I'm like, okay, well, you know, don't get that upset, girl, you know, but I'm like, I can't believe this person has just said, you know, just basically threw, threw a seniority card in my face. I was like, well, just because you've been with the company for 20 plus years, that doesn't mean you get to do whatever you want to do. I'm creating the schedule because y'all doing whatever y'all want to do. That's not working for me. There's times when I need a break, too. And y'all changing the time every day. That doesn't work for me. And He could tell I got very, very upset. So he just like nodded his head. and He just said, okay. Um, so I created the schedule and I could tell that he didn't want to abide by that schedule because like, it was a time where he had got up from the chair and I forgot what I was doing something, but he was basically out of the chair to basically paint this visual that, oh, well, it's not my turn to sit down. Like I'm done. You know, she's supposed to be covering at this time type of thing. So, you know, I'm like, "Who, child, Hmm. this is an elder, this is an elder, this is an elder. He's stuck in his ways, Uh you know. Um, So, you know, (laughs) we were able to negotiate a schedule, you know. (laughs) It's just that it makes it hard because those particular people, those two individuals who've been with the company for a long time, I feel like they, you know, because they have been with the company for a long time, they want things to go their way. And I know even with our schedules, you know, everyone, I pitched the idea to the other dispatchers asking everyone, okay, well, would you guys be open to having, like, a um, uh, an alternative schedule where, you know, pretty much everyone gets a chance of having a different schedule? We could have, like, a shift bid every few months or so. And everybody's like, yeah, that's fine, because then that gives everyone a fair chance. You know, some people can work day shift instead of, instead of always working night shift. Some people can work... Um, on the weekends so then some people who always have to work weekends get to have weekends off you know it's fair to everyone but it's hard to do that because these two people who've been with the company for a long time are like no I don't want to do that so um, yep
2: and
0: they're both men correct um, something you have to understand about older men doesn't matter their nationality, doesn't matter their uh, background, familial. Um, Men have been taught in this world, especially if they have time on their side, you are automatically supposed to get what you want if you sacrifice for whatever entity. Especially if you never got what you wanted from that entity. So because this company has received these two men's service for 20 plus years, because if you think about it, 20 plus years, average company in America, they should be receiving some type something, some type pension, but well, again, let me be very, let me be very clear, uh, and this does go to ageism. Um, when America made the hard shift in the very first Bush presidency, yeah, the very first Bush presidency, when America made the shift away from pension as a form of retirement, And and pension, if you didn't know, meant uh, you do a nominal amount of time. Company agrees that you've done that time. The company then will pay you a certain amount of money for the rest of your natural life. And and then whatever Social Security said your age was to qualify for Social Security, you could get that. So you had people in the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s that were receiving not only their social security check from the government, but they were also receiving a pension. And most pensions kicked in at 20 years. Some companies had pensions kick in at 25 years. Some companies had pensions kick in at 28 years or so. So once America made that hard shift away from pension towards 401k, uh-huh. Then you saw a lot of resentment throughout the business landscape. Why? Because now you had people who had to go through that hard shift of losing a pension and gaining a 401k account. But then you also had people who couldn't navigate the space because companies also changed the rules for the for them against their will. So these two individuals, I'm saying that not to make an excuse for them, but to say that the mindset is, if I've been here 20 some years and y'all did something, I ain't get what I'm supposed to get, and I'm, I'm going to make like- sure I get my schedule. You ain't going to take my schedule.
2: <laughs> <laughs> my schedule, <is> my schedule. <laughs> you don't get mad. This is Brother Stokes.
0: <laughs> and so <laughs> and so that's what, that's what you, you know, but that's, 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 that's yeah. across the business landscape, especially if you've got a sour taste in your mouth and you're above the age of 50 and you've given more than 20 years of service to a company, you're, 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 you're going to get what I'm owed since y'all took this from me. And 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 you know I see it almost every day. But at the end of the day, it goes back to something that Kalen said, and that is, if you're not willing to speak up for yourself at whatever age, and that's that was good that you did that, uh, Keeks, that you spoke up for yourself. See, that's the thing that's different between the generation. That's what the older people, some, not all, some some older people. They like to see you guys, you know, stand up for yourself Mm -hmm. and, Mm -hmm. and, you know, do the thing that you do. But for some, it's a resentment because they knew they had to work through a period of America where if they did try to stand up for themselves, Mm -hmm. their their children would starve. You know, you -hmm. couldn't get a job anywhere, especially you're talking small town America, where every boss knows every boss, where every business owner knows every business owner.
2: So and why is it blackball? Right, oh, I apologize. Right. I apologize. My bad. It was a doctor. question to myself. I asked out loud. I'll shut up.
0: That's <laughs> okay. That's okay. No, you're you're okay because at the end of the day, standing up for yourself is something that's fairly new in the in the workplace, and and there are certain older people in various jobs, various careers who are either happy to see the young people stand up for themselves or they're resentful because they wanted to be the person that stood up for themselves and they they, and I'm not saying it as in they didn't have courage but they chickened out because they knew if they did it wasn't just them losing, it was a family losing it was the house was going to be lost it was the, you know Mm -hmm. I, I'm trying to get my kid through college, so I can't sign this union affidavit. So that Donald trying to play football, you know, you 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 have to understand. But at the end of the day, you employed a tactic that's fairly new in the eyesight of the people that you work with.
2: Yeah, I give you kudos, kicks for that, because that's 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 boss. Not only to speak up, but also provide a solution as well. So they, that's why he didn't have nothing to say, because you were speaking truth and you had something to back up what you were saying. I
1: so, got so well, mad, you There was
2: nothing else left to say.
1: <laughs>
2: I understand? But listen, I can I can see I can see you shaking right now. Like I wasn't even there, but I could just see you. Like, ooh, if you try one more time, I <laughs> oh, got Bruce Lee on you. <laughs>
0: again, once more and again, for uh, the people that are listening on the podcast uh, platform, we just want to say thank you so much for supporting us. We want to say thank you for sitting with us at this episode and all other episodes you've listened to. And once and, and surely, stay tuned. We got some changes coming. We got some, some items that we're getting ready to roll out. So, you know, hey, we thank you guys for, for rocking with us. And this has been SFA Charlotte. So always remember, as you go through your day, have a good day. And always do your best to strive for a team.